Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Father, and we give you all the praise, all the glory uh, for revealing yourself to us. For calling us your redeemed and for bringing your mind, O God of glory, to us so that we can stand to walk the walk that you've so ordained for us before the foundation of the world. We submit once again to your sovereign will, even in this regard, and asking, Father, that you keep speaking to us. Thank you, precious God. Even as we receive this word today, we're asking for your spirit to also enlighten our hearts. Give us the heart of flesh to receive the word and let it become effectual in our lives for transformation that is needed as believers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so uh, this part four, I'm thinking I'm going to be stopping here. <coughs> Except the Lord shares any other thing along this line with me, but part four of wisdom in silence. And I don't know how many persons have been blessed. By reason of this, I don't know how many persons have been blessed by reason of this. Wisdom in silence. And that's very important. So Proverbs chapter 4 verse number 7 again. It's our main text. Proverbs 4 verse 7. Praise God. Proverbs 4 verse 7. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. This is an instruction. Get wisdom. And with all that getting, get understanding. Get wisdom. Look for wisdom. Hallelujah. Uh, when God is telling you, look, you see, I want you to get this. Get wisdom. Look for wisdom. He says the principal thing, the first thing you can ever think about in life. I explained that severally. No matter what you intend to do, no matter what you're trying to engage in, the first thing you look for, the first thing I want you to get is what? Wisdom. Amen? And it's very important you catch up with this. So as a principle thing with all that getting, get understanding. Now, and I told you, understanding simply is the application of wisdom. Amen? The application of wisdom. You know, the Bible tells us that uh, you've read when it says Solomon was the wisest man. Why was Solomon the wisest man? He simply took the scriptures, the law, when two women had an issue, and then we're made to understand they slept, the child died, the other one was alive, and they begin to drag the living one. Remember that. And they went to Solomon, and Solomon said, Okay, now I know what to do. Let the live child be brought, we're going to slaughter the child into two, so both of you take half. Half of the child each. I don't know what that means anyway. But then, and the one that really had the child said, No, 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 no. Let the child live. Amen? Because you understand it. When the child grows up, you finally discover who the mother is. And Solomon said, of it true, you are the mother of this child. The other person agreed, yes, let's slaughter the child into two. You understand that? Now, where did he get it from? He got it from the book of Exodus. The law that God gave to Israel. As touching, I mean, animals, if one falls, and whatever the case may be. They go read Exodus 22, 23. You're going to be able to see that. So what Solomon did was simply applying the word of God. And that's why Solomon became the wisest man that lived on the face of the earth. So when he said, 
get wisdom and without I get to get understanding. What is your understanding? Now, what Solomon did was the application of what he had discovered from wisdom. Wisdom said there is a way this matter to be handled. So he applied the word. So that is what understanding means. Understanding means the ability to apply the word of God, the instruction of God to your life. That's you, you understand what I'm saying? So when he says somebody get understanding or has understanding, his application, Paul will pray. And the Lord God will open your eyes of understanding to know. Right? So if you know, what's the next thing you do? You apply what you've got to know. That means you're working in wisdom. Praise God. Are you there? So again, we talk about the issue of silence. Silence means you don't open your mouth just about whatever you want to say at any time. By implication, silence is saying to us that there are times you don't need to say anything and that is there becomes what? Wisdom. Alright? Praise the Lord. Let me read the first scripture. Psalm 37 verse 40. I mean verse 30. Psalm 37 verse 30. 37 verse 30. The mouth of the righteous amplify we say uncompromised the righteous speaketh wisdom and his tongue talketh of judgment. The mouth of the righteous. Now I want you to get that. Hallelujah. Psalm 37, 30. The mouth of the righteous. Speak a word. Wisdom. Now remember. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 tells us. Christ has been made unto us. Wisdom. Sanctification. Justification. Right? The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom. That is to say. You who is in Christ. What comes out of your mouth. Should reflect the embodiment of Christ's spirit. By implication. If Christ were in that situation, what will he utter? Because we'll become the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. So the mouth of the righteous speak at what? Wisdom. We know what we say. When we are talking, we understand what we're talking about. We know that this stupid mind of God, if God were to be in situation, this is what he will say. Praise God. All right, look at the next verse. The law of his God, hallelujah, is where? It's in his heart. None of his steps shall do what? Shall slide. The law of his God is in his heart. And remember, scripture says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So the law of God is in your heart as a believer. Therefore, when you open your mouth, you're pouring out the law of God. Which have to do with the word of God. Praise the living God. This is the position of a righteous person. And exactly what I gave now was how to do with King Solomon. He poured out from the depth of his heart understanding of what wisdom is, which is the word of God. He revealed it to the people. Praise God. Take it from the amplifier. I like the way Trent does this. I mean, message translation, sorry. Verse 30, Psalm 37, verse 30, message translation. Righteous choose on wisdom like a dog on a bone. Righteous people, they chew on wisdom. Same thing you're saying, get wisdom without I get to get understanding. They chew on wisdom. Rose out virtue around on his tongue. Hallelujah. It didn't just talk anyhow. 
He who is born of the Spirit, don't just take any heart. Because the Lord of God is in your heart. So you're speaking from that depth of God's laws, which have to do with His word. Amen? Did you get that? Praise God. Please, please, I need you to follow these things critically for your own good, for your living amongst yourself and amongst people. Family, community, as a church, that you know how to relate and know how to talk. Because words are powerful and words are dangerous. How many of you understand that? We said at the beginning, words can destroy relationships that have been there for years. Just one word can destroy it. Just one word can destroy a family, can destroy marriage. Just one word. So you mind what you say. Let's look at, there are consequences when we don't speak, when we should speak. Or what to speak. Let me look at a few consequences. I'm going to make you see that. Job 35, verse 15. Job 35, verse 15. You know, when Job was so, so much in trouble after he lost everything, he couldn't contain at a point after being silent for a while. Especially when his friends came accusing him. That this thing happened to you not because of anything, but because you are a sinner. That all these things cannot happen to a righteous man. You understand it? <laughs> verse 35, verse 15. But now, because it is not so, he, God, had visited in his anger, yet he, Job, knoweth it not in great extremity. Therefore, does Job open his mouth in vain? He multiplied words without knowledge. That's the point. Because he was now so frustrated. I believe he was now about defending himself among his friends. What touched me here is multiplying words without knowledge. That is to say, when you start pouring out your heart, as you often say, I, I poured my heart, I want to pour my mind. You've been multiplying words without knowledge. You'll be saying things you are not supposed to say. No understanding. Hallelujah. For God to start accusing you that the words you are speaking are vain. That means they have no power, no effect. Oh, glory. Are you following what I'm saying here? This is the same job when he wants to speak in the public place. Everybody keeps silence. How many of you have read that to your Bible? They keep silent. The bow before him, full of wisdom, because trouble came now. He started multiplying words without knowledge of who he was. And the words he was not speaking, they were all vain, empty, no power, no effect. He can't change life, he can't change people's life. They are vain words. They're not coming from the depth of the heart anymore. For the righteous, they have the laws of God where? In their heart. Now he was pouring words that are vain. Because of situation, because of problem. Sometimes you are in some situation and you feel you want to pour out your heart and you don't be speaking. And God is referring to such words that multiplying of words without knowledge. 
The consequences of not being silent is that you multiply words without knowledge. Hallelujah. You don't know why it's going on. You don't know what God is intended to do. You just keep talking at random. We are not supposed to. Praise God. Are you listening to me? You see, you see situations sometimes when two people have an issue. It could be man, it could be the woman, and they keep talking non-stop. Even if you try to explain yourself, no, they don't give you room to explain. They are multiplying words without knowledge. Praise God. Somebody did something recently. To me anyway. And I was trying to talk to the individual. But in an attempt to defend himself, he wouldn't allow me to talk. You understand what I mean? He won't allow me to talk. So sometimes those who multiply words, they have guilt in their hearts. <laughs> Praise God. You are just guilty. So you're trying to say so many things to be able to free yourself so that that person will say, okay, okay. You don't need to multiply words to free yourself. You can still speak gently. Just one word and the person can understand. When you're multiplying words, you're speaking vain words. No power, no effect, and it can bring transformation. It can heal the heart of those who are listening to you. Praise God. So at that moment, you are supposed to be silent. Again, Job 38, verse 1. Verse 1 and 2. Job 38, verse 1 and 2. Then the Lord answered Job out of the wild wind and said... Who is this that darkened cancer by words without knowledge? You're speaking too many things. And because you have no knowledge of what is going on. Who is this? Take it from the message translation. I like the way it's rendered there. Message translation. And now, finally, what answered Job from the eyes of a violent storm? He said, look at the next thing, verse 2. Who do you confuse? Who do you confuse the issue? Or why do you confuse the issue? Why do you confuse the issue? Are you there with me? Why do you talk without knowing what you are talking about? This is a problem. Why are you confusing issues? You don't understand what is going on. You're just talking confusing issues. Which is not supposed to be. This is God asking Job a question. Why are you confusing issues? Why do you talk without knowing what you're talking about? And that is so stupid for you to be talking without knowing exactly what you're talking about. But of course, you think you know what you're talking about, but the truth is you don't know what you're talking about. God had to speak to Job. After multiplying words, they words. Praise God. And God said, you're talking without what? Knowledge. You don't know what you're talking about. Now, you may be wondering, well, this is all because of Job. I want to show you something. <laughs> Praise God. Look with me in the book of Luke chapter 9, reading from verse 29. Very fast here. From verse 29. This is when Jesus transfigured before them. Right? You have uh, Moses and Elijah. Praise God. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment white was white and glistering. I've explained this before, right? 
the coming of Christ, part of the coming of Christ. There's a manifestation of the Christ that was on the inside. Is that okay? And this is where we're actually walking towards the glorified body, the light being, the express image, and the glory of God. Amen? All right, look at the next thing. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah. And I explained this to you also, largely. One of the benefits of walking in the light of God's spirit, that God's spirit is within your heart, is that by the time you drop this flesh, according to Exodus 12, verse number 7, you have access in the spirit. And 1 Corinthians 15, 35, God said he gives you another body. So these people have died long ago, before Jesus came, but they have access to come out on the spirit. Somebody said, well, it's a vision. Well, if you think it's a vision, fine. What about Jesus? Would that call it vision too? Jesus appeared to the disciples after resurrection. Is that a vision? No. So this is beyond being a vision. Yes, they saw it from that perspective. But the advantage I'm sharing with you is when your spirit is so connected and joined with the spirit of God, if you drop the flesh, you have access to receive another body and you can walk out of the spirit and walk back into the spirit. And that's exactly what Jesus was speaking in the book of John chapter 150 down when he saw Nathaniel and told of the truth, this is a man without a guy. No lie in his mouth. Remember that. And he said, but henceforth you shall see angel ascending and descending upon the son of man. You move into the spirit, you come out of the spirit. You have a revelation from God, you dispense them here. We're going to walk like angels. Ascending upon the ladder has to do with Jesus. I told you before, Genesis 28, when Jacob had a dream, he saw Elijah touch to heaven, angels ascending and descending. So Jesus came and interpreted that. The angel, I mean, the Elijah was himself. Who are the people to ascend and descend? We! Hallelujah. What was the next thing? And behold, they talk with him. Come on, where are you? Say, so who appeared in glory and spake of his disease, which you are accompanying at Jerusalem. Talking about his death now. Is that okay? But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were awoke, they saw his glory and two men that stood with him. The Bible didn't say it's a vision. They awoke. They were sleeping, but they awoke and saw. Do you understand what I'm saying? What was the next thing? And it came to pass, as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for, the, one for Moses and one for Elisha. Look at the next thing. Not knowing what he said. There's a point. You, sometimes you can catch certain revelations without knowing the mind of God or what he intended you to see. But that's not the point. When he said, let's make three tabernacles here. There is a feast of Passover, the feast of Pentecost, the feast of tabernacle. The feast of tabernacle means putting on the glorified body. What he saw, he was trying to structure it. Now when he was saying this, Pentecost have not even come. I don't know if you understand that. They have not even experienced Pentecost in the book of Acts. Jesus have not died. The Holy Spirit have not come. And now saying, let us jump the queue and move down to begin to experience the feast of what? Tabernacles. That's why the Bible says, not knowing what he said. 
You have no understanding of what they are saying, Peter. But because revelation that came to him, what he saw, hey, no, we can just structure it now. So it's like structure in the future. Well, God has a mind. No, you've got to walk with the life and the mind of God. There is a place, there is an intention he has, even for your life. You can't structure it no matter what. Even if God gives you revelation, if God gives you words, God gives you dreams, there's always a time for everything under the sun. You must patiently wait for it. So here, he wanted him to structure tabernacles there. He wanted them to come to the place of glorification. He wanted them to come to the place of, okay, I want to be exactly what I've seen. You understand what I mean? Yeah. They want to step into a divine realm where they also put on a glorified body. Let us be here. Not knowing what he said. Because the time for this thing to happen have not yet come. And some of you, God will say some things to you even in your marriage, in your home. <laughs> But you can, you can literally get so frustrated because of the waiting period. I don't even get in that. And you start questioning God, but God said that before. So, so what is happening? God auto, what is happening? You know, you start questioning God. At that stage, not knowing what he said. You are ignorant of the divine plans of God. Praise God, somebody. Are you still there with me? Hallelujah. God can speak to you concerning your business. God can tell you I'm going to be a rich man. But it could be a period. And that period could be the time he needed to get wisdom. He needed to know what exactly to do. To be able to get there. You try to jump the gun. You try to say things. And at the end of it, you start questioning God. Not knowing what you're saying. So people who speak too much. They speak out of the will of God, out of the man. They're outside of the will of God. They jump, they try to jump the queue to get some things down. But God intends you to have knowledge. And God said, Why is just speaking without knowledge? So Peter here was speaking without knowledge. Are you getting that? Praise God. Okay, I'll show you another thing. <laughs> Matthew 16, verse 22. It's same Peter. You know, Peter was, uh, I don't know if I have to call him a talkative man. But he never keeps his mouth shut anytime. Because he was abundant of revelations. <laughs> Jesus was always, you know, saying things to him. The Bible said, then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Now, here... Jesus said he was about going to Jerusalem. I mean, if you remember that. And he's going to be killed. Right? Maybe we'll go up a little bit. Go to verse 20. Verse 20. Hallelujah. Then charged his disciples that they should not tell no man that he was Jesus Christ. Okay, the next thing. And then from that time forth began Jesus to show them to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again on the third day. Give me a picture of what's about to happen. What's the next thing that happened? Then Peter took him and, re- and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, thou shalt not be, this shall not be unto thee. Now, I want you to get this. He took him and started rebuking him. Now, the truth, we know that. 
you don't rebuke elders, the scripture says. Now, Peter was actually an older man. He was the oldest man among them. Maybe that's why he was only talking. Now, I think so. As at this time, Peter was about, you know, Jesus, remember, he started ministry at the age of 12. While Peter started ministry, I mean, uh, Jesus started ministry, Peter was about 18 years old. Older than, yeah. You understand what I mean? Okay. So he has a picture. He took him and said, I started rebuking him, and this shall not happen to you. Why are we saying that kind of stupid thing? It's like he knew more than Jesus. Look at the next thing. <laughs> but he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, that art an offense unto me, for thou sovereign all the things that be of God, but those things that be of man. Did you see that? You don't understand the plans of God. You're speaking as a man. Get thee behind me. And he called him Satan. I only ask people, who is Satan? So here, Jesus is calling Peter Satan. What's the meaning of that? Anything that was contrary to the life and thoughts of God is Satan. Anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you there? He took him and said unto him, Peter, get thee behind me. Satan, thou art an offense. Somebody said he was not addressing Satan. He was addressing the spirit, which is the fleshly nature of Peter. Some people tell you, well, it is Satan that entered Peter that I was rebuking. Thank you. This thing is so plain. Thou art an offense, Peter, unto me. For thou art sovereign all the things be of God, but those things, that idea that is not godly was what he addressed as Satan. Not another spirit entered into him. Hallelujah. See, if the spirit, if Jesus had allowed the spirit to enter Peter to say anything to him, I mean Satan to enter Peter to say anything to him, it will perfect the will of God. He won't say anything contrary. How do I know that? You remember Judas at the upper room? John 13. But then he finished, broke the bread, gave to everybody. Right? But when he took the bread, what did he do? He gave to Judas. And the Bible says Satan entered to Judas and he told him, what you need to do, do quickly. I mean, if you remember that. So he was sending Judas a message to accomplish the will of God for him to go to Jerusalem. Because if Judas had not betrayed Jesus, Jesus won't go to be crucified. He won't go to Jerusalem to be crucified. So if Peter was speaking based on the Father, maybe Satan entered into him through Jesus, it would perfect the will of God. But anything that is not working in the will of God for the will of God for you is what satanic, simple. And it could be your flesh, it could be your thoughts, it could be, it could be the languages you're speaking. So when you start saying things that are contrary to God's mind for you, you are preaching on the defense of Satan. Actually, it simply means flesh. You're speaking as a man. Hallelujah. Remember, it is the same man that said, God Christ, the Son of the Living God. <laughs> How many of you get that? Right. So, if you think it was Satan was addressing, who gave him that? And Jesus said, Hey, this thing you said, you didn't get all from any other son. Only God have revealed this to you. Amen. And upon that revelation that you call me the Son of God, I'm going to be in my church. Not upon Peter, that was there's Petra. Not petrol. Is that okay? Right. Upon 
that revelation that I am the son of God will I be in my church so the church will not build on Peter that's misunderstanding as a matter of fact remember let me leave that but just take it from that place do you understand that praise God because if I have to go there watch this Peter will never in Rome any day but if you check the calendar of the popes Peter is number one so Roman Catholic field Peter is the foundation of the Macaulay church so it's number one on the pope on the list but peter never stepped into rome before he died so how did he become an apostle i mean do you understand what i mean come on are you there with me just a little history anyway so the same man that says that of christ the son of the living god turn around and say hey this cannot happen to you and jesus says you will drop from the spirit now into where into the flesh you are not speaking as a fleshly man, not as a spirit man. And it's called satanic. Do you understand that? So sometimes when you, in your home, in your life, you begin to pour out wealth without knowledge, you enter into the realm of satanic operation already. You don't need anybody to send Satan to pose you from behind the scene. You already. So you see, you can fluctuate from the spirit to the flesh. Any moment, you can how long did this take? Not quite long. He left the spirit and moved into the flesh. Praise God. Are we still here? Now, let me show you another thing again. Remember, I'm showing you how that you can multiply words and lack wisdom. So all that Peter was doing here, even in Luke chapter 9, was because he lacked wisdom, which had to do with silence. He's supposed to keep quiet and not be talking. Matthew 26, verse 74. 26, 74. 74. Am I my scriptures? Thank you. Remember the incidents. Before now, Jesus spoke to Peter and he said, Hey, listen to this. The devil have decided to sift you out wheat, but I pray for you that when you recover yourself, you strengthen the brethren. So because, listen, before the call will call three times, you're going to deny me. Peter said, me? Me? Deny you? For what? So here we are. By the time Jesus was arrested and being tried, somebody came and said, hey, you are one of them. Say, who told you? So you look like one of those. He said, not me. You, you, you must be looking at somebody else. It's okay. Another one came again and said, but I think I saw you with him. He said, me? Now, I'm trying to make you see. This man that was talking nonstop without understanding. Yeah, it's not in the problem. And then this lady came here and said, then began he to curse and to swear. Because another lady came and said, but your language betrayed you. Huh? Even if you feel your appearance is not, but your language betrayed you. You were one of them. And then he began to cause and to swear and say, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crow. Look at the man that was talking non-stop. Because he had not done the spiritual things. He never understood the spiritual dimension of life and God. So he was just saying whatever came to his mind as a natural man. You need to walk in the spirit. And live in the spirit. By the things you believe and the things you say. Praise God somebody. Whew, hallelujah. Are you still here? 
Let me show you something here. If you look at Proverbs 26, verse 20. Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no tear bearer, the strife will do all we cease. I want you to get this. And, and this, this I have also used to prove the fact that you cannot suffer from generational causes. Do you understand that? If whatever thing your father did before, you are not doing it now, there is no way what your father did will begin to look for you. Where no wood is, the fire goes out. Take that. Is that okay? So it's you that put fire among the wood on your father's shrine for it to begin to affect you. And I've always told you this. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. There is nothing like a generational cause once you become a believer. Nothing like it. Whether men believe it or not, there is nothing like it. If you're suffering from anything, seek the face of God. Get out of it by your faith and your conviction. But for somebody to tell you, let's go to your village. What's my village that we're going for? I'm here in worry. I'm not going to my village for anything. If I have to go there, you go see my people. There is no shrine in the village that can affect you. For where no wood is, the fire goes out. But the people is what concerns us today. Where no tabira, I mean, where there is no tabira. The strife with the world we cease. One of the things that causes trouble is talkativeness, people gossiping, people saying all manner of things. They, you see, when they ought to be silent, they are talking. And they cause trouble. They cause strife. They cause enmity. They cause problems. Between husband and wife, between, you understand that? You can literally see families get in trouble by the time you begin to find out. Somebody has spoken something to the wife. I did this to your husband. I saw your husband. Somebody told me about your husband. This is it. You understand what I'm trying to say? Same thing with the wife. Your wife. Oh, is it your wife you're talking? I saw this. I saw that. I mean, you create strife in the home. Tabiers. You destroy system. You destroy families. You should be silent. James says <laughs> it could be good to be swift to hear but slow to speak. The place of being slow to speak is a place of what? Silence. It's not everything you hear that you talk. It's not everything you hear about people that you say about them. Praise God. I rebuke one of my friends. I have to use the word rebuke. Two of them are my friends. I don't know what we're talking about. And he just told me, he said, that guy, that's our friend, because we are friends. He said, I'm told that guy is very promiscuous. He said it the first time. I didn't say anything. Another time again, we had a meeting. I told him, I said, man, stop this wrong. He said, oh, okay, maybe, maybe because he's a very free person. I said, so why are you carrying this kind of information? So before you tell me now, you must have been telling other people about this pastor that is who he is. Tell bearers. They don't mind their businesses. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So where there is no tabira, the strife will cease. So even if there's a problem, 
if there is a quarrel between two, if a third party does not come and start pushing information, uh, is that what he told you? This is what he told me about you. This is what he told me about her. You understand that? The strife will literally cease. The quarrel will go out. Keep your mouth shut sometimes about what you hear about people. Shut your lips. That is your wisdom. That is your wisdom. I'm talking of wisdom in what? In silence. You talk too much. Praise God. Can you tell you from Amplify, I mean the message translation, just this? I mean, you need to come to that place once in a while where no matter what you receive, you keep quiet, Amplify. No, sorry, message. When you run out of wood, the fire goes out. When the gossips end, the quarrel dies down. Come on now. Praise God. Did you get that? When the gossip ends, the fire dies down. Nothing can happen. So the trouble we have in church, the trouble we have in families, if there are a third party whose lips cannot be shut. Hallelujah. You see, there are some things you don't bother God about in terms of prayers. Oh, let's pray that this quarrel, let's pray that this quarrel. No. Once there is no tabera, once there is no one to confide you negatively about your partner, about your church membership, and all of those things, the fire literally don't work, it goes down. Gossip is a problem. So, this message ought to help you to have wisdom. And what's the wisdom? To be silent. Be swift to hear, but slow to speak. Am I making sense to you? Hallelujah. Okay. Talk with me. <laughs> I want to read a scripture. Okay, I'll just let me just go on. First Timothy 5, verse 11. Need about two scriptures more. I'm a little close down to end this message. But the young widows refuse. Say refuse young widows. Where there are widows in church. He's saying if anybody is not 60 years old, don't put him into the widowhood bracket. You know, because then the early church were supporting widows. Is that okay? According to the law, he said widows have to be taken care of. It's about if somebody is not up to 60, don't bring the person into being among those to be cared for. Welfare, right? But the younger widows refuse. Don't take them. For when they have begun to wax one term against Christ, they will marry. Amen? What's the next thing? Having damnation because they have cast off their first fate. What's the next thing? And without the land to be idle, wandering about from house to house, what are they doing? They are not preaching the gospel. They are not Jehovah's Witnesses. What are they doing from house to house? And not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not to. So don't take them in. I mean, this is a serious indictment on women. Moving from house to house, pay bearers, just to cause trouble, just to cause division, just to destroy families, idle people, tattlers, busybodies. What doesn't contain them? They carry it. Information that they are not supposed to release, they go and release it. And that means, <laughs> you see, you disqualify yourself from the benefit of the household of faith. God said, don't take these people. The reason he said don't take them is because of this sin. 
And said, this thing does not agree with your faith as a believer. You move from house to house. Preach the gospel. Talk to, encourage the brethren. Encourage the faith. Don't go to house to house, Jehovah's Witness people, and then all you are going there for is to spoil other people. You should be silent. If you don't have anything to share, if you can't go and encourage anybody, sit in your house. Because you're cutting yourself off from the supply of God. So don't take them in. Remember, it was God that made the provision that widows should be taken care of. But say, don't take them in. That means you are cutting yourself off from the supply of God's spirit because of this character. You should think about it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, Can I stop here? See, I have one or two things to share with you. It's important. Praise God. But let's take this, just the verse from message translation. Let me see what it looks like. Oh no. <laughs> Freezing away their days on empty talk, gossip, and their trivialities are the point. Please, please be encouraged. I need you to model a true spirit of wisdom. Even if you hear something about somebody, keep it to yourself. There's no need. If what you are going to say will not be encouraging, take it from Amplified Translation, just the verse. If you, what you're going to say will not be the one that will be faith in your brother, be faith in your sister. On hearing that, keep your mouth shut. Moreover, as they go about from house to house, they learn to be idlers. You should be, you should be, you should be busy doing something. You know what it means to be idle? You have nothing doing. So since you don't have nothing to do, your legs just carry you and then you're on the street walking because you have nothing to do. You should be having something to do. Amen? And not only idlers, but gossips and busybodies saying what they should not say and talking of things they should not mention. Oh, glory to God. The things you should not say and the things you should not mention. Don't say anything. Keep your mouth shut. Yes, wisdom is silence. Oh, I have this about that sister. Oh, I have about that brother. Keep your mouth shut. And because we've had, you know, today night, that's the problem. Phone. Hello? Hello? Now that your leg is not carrying you because then there was no phone. Your phone is not carrying you to people's home. Did you hear what I want to tell you now? I mean, it's because of my love for you. Keep your love. Keep it. We don't need it. Amen. Only yesterday, what I just had, what I just had, I just said, let me find out whether it is true. What is true? Keep your mouth shut. And let your phone be locked permanently so that you can't operate it anymore. You will miss your key to open your phone because of this message. If it is to gossip, your phone will be locked permanently. I just, I just had somebody just, who is the person you can mention? And so we tell you, uh, what I'm about to tell you now, I don't want you to, you know, I had an experience some, about three years ago. Okay, let me see, about five years, in the office here. Somebody came to me and said, uh, uh, Daddy, I just want to say this. I said, why is that? Um, you see, this person, I said, okay, hold it. I took my phone, I said, why is that? I said, I want to call the person before you finish what you want to say. 
let the person come here. He said, no, no, I don't. There's no need now. I said, why? You said the person said, I said, yes. Before you finish what you want to say, let the person come. Say what you want to say now in his presence. Don't come gossip people to me. I don't need it. Because you poison my heart against that person. And the person may not be like that. So don't allow it. What I just said, what I just said, what they just told me, yesterday I was just passing by, and it's only you that they see to talk to. Only you. Something is wrong. You don't know you are cutting yourself off from the supply of God's provision. Say, such people, don't bring them in. Don't help them. Don't assist them. So God himself is against your spirit. We've got to change from such lifestyle. Amen? Is anybody understanding me? There's wisdom in what? In silence. Keep quiet. If your phone is ringing and it's a, it's a person that always, you know, always the person must talk to, talk to you about somebody, just call the call. Busy. You understand? Ring again, busy. That's not somebody, I was calling you. Oh, yes. The phone was busy. That's all. Because if you don't hear, you won't get angry about people. If you don't hear, you will hate people. You better you don't hear. Let them say whatever thing they want to say about you. Okay, fine. Say anything you want to say. Gossip the best you can. Judge the best you can. But don't let me know. Hallelujah. Somebody was saying something and he said, anybody that's talking about you, because he sees something better, he sees the glory in your life. And guess what? He's talking behind you. So they're called backstabbers. They can't come to your front, you say it. They stab you from the back. And only your good friends and enemies stab you from the back. Most times. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Because what you don't tell me about somebody, and I don't know about it, I'm still going to relate freely. Let God judge us. Let God take control. Let God manage the situation. Amen? Praise the living God. So friends, keep your mouth shut. There is wisdom where? In silence. Anytime situation comes up that must move you to either travel to somebody's house. Remember, I said, moving from house to house. I think the only people that are supposed to do this are Jehovah Witnesses to be able to preach the gospel. But here are people moving from house to house to be tattlers, to be adlers, to begin to gossip. You can keep on doing that. You're shutting yourself from the supply of the Spirit of God. And guess what? This is not just women alone, like I said before. I'll give you an example just now. I gave you an example. Men are also involved. There are some men that are very dangerous. When it comes to this, hey, bros, bros, say, what is that? Are you at home? Yeah, yeah. Okay, how they come? How they come? They have nothing to say. They are coming to talk to you about somebody else. Some people cut them off. Cut them off. Because if you don't hear, you won't get offended. If you don't hear, you won't develop hatred. If you don't hear, you won't feel the person hates you. I don't want to hear. Keep it to yourself. God is going to take charge. Amen? Friends, don't cut yourself off from God's supply. Could be spiritual supply. Could be material supply. Whatever provision. Because don't follow, I mean, don't forget what I'm saying. So such people, don't bring them in for support. So we cut ourselves off from the supply of God's provision because of our mouths. And God, Jesus spoke to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. 
So anytime men come to talk to you about other people, what are you going to tell them? Get behind me, Satan. This thing you are saying is not in the will of God. Shut your mouth and maintain your silence. Don't prove that you are very spiritual. Peter was thinking he was very spiritual. Anytime, oh, Jesus, this can happen to you. Oh, I got a revelation. But what is the next thing that happened? His flesh took over. Say, so you can't go to Jerusalem. This can happen to you. He's going to say, you get there behind me, Satan. For what you are saying is not of God, but of man. So when man begins to speak, that is Satan at work. Have I helped you this morning? Stand up, somebody. Let's talk to the Father. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.